Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, and part two of his teaching in Galatians 2, 15 through 21, called The Truth Will Set You Free. I believe that this idea is what sets Christianity apart from every other religion that this world has to offer. From every other belief system, every other thing that man could conjure up, this is what sets you apart this morning. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you can't earn it. Sorry, you're not good enough, and neither am I. And it sounds almost insulting at first, but it's actually the most freeing truth that you will ever come to know because you can stop trying to earn God's grace. Now, I wish that I could say that this morning, every person who's come to a right right relationship with Jesus and understands he's the son of God who died for their sins and they found salvation in him isn't trying to earn it anymore, but... I think many of us in this room this morning are still trying to work for God's favor. We feel like when we fall short of the standard that God has put in place, that we have to somehow now rework our relationship with God. We have to work our way back. We gotta figure out a system to to make God okay with us again. And we treat God as if he's another human. Because that's how human relationships are, right? And I've, I think I've said this before from up here, but how many people would continue to be friends with somebody who constantly makes mistakes and, and hurts you? After a while, you're like, okay, this person and I, I don't think it's going to work out, you know? I love him, but it's like every time I try, he just makes another mistake and he wrongs me. But that's not our God. I don't understand it. But that's the love that he has for his people, that every time you fall short, he is ready and willing to forgive. I remember about a year ago, uh, my wife and I, we were living, we we have our own place now, but at the time we were living with someone and uh, they weren't home. And so a knock came at the front door and I looked through the little People, those are like my favorite thing, you know, because you're like, I can see you, but you can't see me. And uh, then I can choose whether I want to answer the door or not, <laughs> you know. And I also found out, side note, if you buy a house, many of you probably already own a house, holy moly, everybody knows. Everyone knows. Discover Card knows. Visa knows. Time Warner Cable knows. Uh, Spectrum knows. And they all come. ADT knows. In the first two weeks, I was just at the house. I took some time off work, and I was at the house doing projects. I couldn't get anything done because every 10 minutes, some other salesman is at my front door like, you know, you really need security on this busy street, you know, and they have their whole spiel. So it got to the point where, like, they'd walk up to the door, and I would just keep sawing. I had the the ear protection on. I'd just pretend they weren't there, (laughs) you know. Excuse me, sir. You know, they're trying to compete with my chop saw. I'm not even cutting anything. I'm just running it. I didn't actually do that. That's terrible. And so 
What was I even talking about? I don't know. I was talking about chop saws. And, and so we're at, we answer the door, and it's Jehovah's Witnesses. It's a, a man and his wife. And I was like, all right, sweet. You know, like, this is awesome. I love this. They didn't love it after a few minutes, but I was loving it. You know, my dad trained me well. You don't, you don't pass this opportunity up, okay? Bring them in for coffee. You can, they can come back. We're going to get these people saved, all right? And so they, <laughs> they knock on the door, and it just started with me. And so he starts, you know, telling me that we believe the same thing. And I was like, oh, okay. So we, we start talking and dialoguing, and the issue is always Jesus. And so I said, well, do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? And, you know, we, and then, the, oh, boy, the can of worms, right? So we start talking more, and... Anyways, at the end of the conversation that was, it was great. It was a good, it was a good conversation. They were really nice people, um, and it was, it was actually a really pleasant time, and it was a good, good theological debate, and, you know, we still pray for them, and uh, we pray that they'll randomly show up at our new house now, and, and they'll probably, oh, never mind, yeah, we'll, we'll leave, uh, <laughs> but uh, we pray that they would show up again, and uh, so, but this is the point, is that at the end of the conversation, I, I just looked at him, and I, and I said, and his name was Paul, and I said, hey, Paul, can I ask you something? I said, why are you at my door this morning? Well, my friend's door at the time. And uh, I was blown away by how honest he was with me. He said, because I have to. And I, I said, well, what do you mean you have to? Like, you feel, you feel stirred by God and his love for you to, to be here because you love me or you're here because you have to be here? And he said, I, I have to be here this morning. This is my duty. I said, okay. Well, I would agree with that as a Christian. I would say that it's my duty to share the gospel too. But, but let me ask you this, and this is where the fundamental question lands. If you died right now of a massive heart attack, do you know where you would go? And he looked at me in the eyes and he said, I hope heaven, I hope, I hope heaven. And I looked at him and I said, do you know that I know I'm going to heaven? And he said, well, congratulations, you're a better man than me. And I was like, well, no, I'm not. That's the point, though. I know because Jesus, who was God and is God, died for me in my place and paid the ransom that I owed. And, you know, we, we ended the conversation, but I remember my wife, Natalie, and I, we, you know, I think we went and got coffee or something that morning. It was like a Saturday. And, you know, we just sat, and I remember talking about the interaction that we had and how depressing it was to know that those people are walking around hoping that they can do just enough to earn right standing with God. And it goes far beyond those who are in other religions because there are people, there are some of you this morning sitting in this room who are trying to earn favor with God and you will never earn favor with God through your works. You just won't. He already loves you. And sometimes in the church, we paint this picture like we're so, unlo- we're so lovable that God just couldn't help but love us. But that's not the case. We're the most unlovable thing ever. God loves you because he loves you. And I don't know why he loves me. I don't know why he loves you. 
We stink, but he loves us. It's not this idea of love and grace that God has because we're so lovable. It's because he's holy and he's righteous and he has this pure, unconditional love, a type of love that we can't understand. And it is greatest displayed at the cross of Jesus Christ. There is no greater gift, no greater move of man than to lay down his life for another. And our God took our place at the cross. If you think that you cannot be saved this morning because you've made too many mistakes, you are wrong. If you think that you've done too many things and there's no way that you could be ever made right before a holy God, you are wrong. Because you can't earn it. It's a gift. Don't you hate your friends who every time you try to do something nice for them, they're like, let me give you some money. You're like, will you shut up? Let me buy you the coffee. I have friends like that. I love them to death, and they will not let me bless them. As broke as I might be, dang it, let me buy you this coffee. (laughs) And those type of friends are the worst. They never want to be blessed. They always want to buy you stuff. Now, sometimes when people want to buy me stuff, I'm like, sweet. I have no money. I will take it. But sometimes you're just trying to do something nice, and you're like, let me give you some money. And then, then now with modern technology, you can't get around it. Because if they try to hand you cash and you give it back, they'll just Venmo you. And then it's on your phone, and then it goes to your bank account, and the deal's done. Unless you send it back. I one time had one with Pastor Matthew. We, we were out somewhere. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was like he wanted to pay, and I didn't want to let him pay. I was being that friend, see? And no, no, I paid for him, and he wouldn't accept it. That's what it was. Yeah, and he just kept Venmoing me back the money. We were at Yard House getting food for the happy hour thing because it's like half off entrees and we're both on full-time ministry. <laughs> so we're like, hey, half, half off on food, let's go. You know, and we love to eat, me and Matthew. So we can put away some food. And it was like we racked up 30 bucks or something, which at a happy hour is impressive, okay? That doesn't sound like a lot, but we got a lot of food. And so we just Venmoing each other back and forth, like, Neither of us would accept that the other one was going to pay the bill. And sometimes I think that's how we treat our relationship with God. We're like, no, 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 let me, let me work a little more. Let me, let, me just, let me just do this. Can I do that? What if I, well, if I do this, though, I'll clear my schedule and I'll do this, this, and this, and then, then I'll have favor. The problem with that system is that it's unending. Because you are going to mess up again in like 20 minutes when we're out of here. You're doing good right now because you don't have to talk. If you're me, I'm like, yeah, I'm chilling, dude. In church, I'm holy. And then I leave and I say something and my wife's like, what? And I'm like, I know. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Wives are good for that. <clears throat> and I mean that in, in a positive light, okay? It's calm down. Jeez. I appreciate that my wife calls me out on stuff. Everybody was like, oh, he's in trouble. (laughs) She's coming to second service, so. And we filmed this one, so. (laughs) Viewing obedience as necessity for salvation is actually against the gospel. Can I say that again? Biblically, viewing obedience to rules as a requirement for salvation nullifies the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can see that in Galatians and Colossians and more. Salvation is based wholly on God's unmerited favor and grace. 
not on the believer's performance. You'll hear more from Pastor Shane in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Shane, right here on Walk in Truth. And we love to eat, me and Matthew, so we can put away some food. And it was like we racked up 30 bucks or something, which at a happy hour is impressive, okay? That doesn't sound like a lot, but we got a lot of food. And so we just Venmoing each other back and forth. Like, neither of us would accept that the other one was going to pay the bill. And sometimes I think that's how we treat our relationship with God. We're like, no, 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 let me, let me work a little more. Let me, let, me just, let me just do this. Can I do that? Uh, what if I, well, if I do this, though... I'll clear my schedule and I'll do this, this, and this, and then, then I'll have favor. The problem with that system is that it's unending because you are going to mess up again in like 20 minutes when we're out of here. You're doing good right now because you don't have to talk. If you're me, I'm like, yeah, I'm chilling, dude. In church, I'm holy. And then I leave and I say something and my wife's like, what? And I'm like, I know. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Wives are good for that. <clears throat> and I mean that in, in a positive light, okay? <laughs> Calm down, jeez. I appreciate that my wife calls me out on stuff. Everybody was like, oh, he's in trouble. She's coming to second service, so. And we filmed this one, so. Viewing obedience as necessity for salvation is actually against the gospel. Can I say that again? Biblically, viewing obedience to rules as a requirement for salvation nullifies the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can see that in Galatians and Colossians and more. Salvation is based wholly on God's unmerited favor and grace, not on the believer's performance. Jesus came to seek and save those who were holy. Nope. Jesus came to seek and save those who were lost in their sin. Jesus hung out with tax collectors, prostitutes, you name it. That was his crowd, man. He had his brothers, his disciples, but he was not afraid to walk into a crowd of people that were utterly against the things he was teaching and love them and show them grace and guide them towards the truth of the gospel. And sometimes as a church, and I don't mean living truth, I mean the church, we miss that. And I pray that we would, we would look at people the way that Christ looks at people. In Luke 19, many of you know this story. 
Turn to Luke 19 real quick. We'll go there for a second. Luke chapter 19. This is the story of Zacchaeus. I love this story. And uh, to kind of save some time, let's go to... Verse 5. Well, here, let's just read it. Luke 19, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho, and he made his way through the town. And there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was the chief tax collector in the region. And he'd become very rich through cheating. And he tried to get a look at Jesus. I love this. But he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. Verse 5, when Jesus came, he looked up and he saw Zacchaeus and he called him by name and said, Zacchaeus, and he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Okay, so first of all, what is going on? If you're Zacchaeus, you know you're a little cheater. As Alistair Begg so graciously puts it, the little cheat was up the tree. (laughs) He had been ripping people off, taking advantage of the system that he was overseeing, And here comes Jesus. And I love this because Jesus is God. So Jesus knew Zacchaeus would be there. I love that. I would, how, you know, like the coolest thing in basketball is when like somebody does a no look pass. They're just like, and you're like, never knew. Wouldn't it have been so cool if Jesus was just like, Zacchaeus is up here. He's like, Zacchaeus, get down. Didn't even look. That would have been cool. I don't know why Jesus didn't do that. Maybe he did. I don't know. (laughs) But it does say he looked up. So. We'll take it. But Jesus knew he would be there. I believe that Jesus does this all the time throughout his ministry. He knows someone's going to be there, so he goes there. He seeks out people who are lost. That is the God that we serve this morning. I think of the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus shows up at this well knowing full well (laughs) that she'll be there. And so Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. Oh, there's always grumblers. Chronic complainers, I call them. He has gone down to be a guest at a, what does he say? A notorious sinner, as if they're not sinners sitting there saying this. They grumbled. Oh my gosh, he's going to Zacchaeus' house? Doesn't he know we have five bedrooms and a lovely dining room and we're Jewish and we've been to synagogue, right? Jesus picked the little cheat. Let's go have dinner. And this is the best part of the story. It says, meanwhile, verse eight, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, catch this, please see this church. Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who were lost. Jesus did not give Zacchaeus a list of rules and say, you need to check off these boxes and then I'll come back and see if you're good enough. Zacchaeus said, Lord, in the presence of the Savior Jesus Christ, he saw his sin for what it was. He repented and he was given salvation. That is the hope of Christianity this morning. 
It is not about doing certain things. It is not about earning favor with God. And some of you this morning are in this room and you are working so hard. And you should not be working because you have a loving father who has already given you forgiveness. And you keep trying to earn it. Some of you this morning battle real struggles like anxiety and depression. And you find yourself in this cycle where you feel like God loves you for a minute and then you fade into the background and you distance yourself from fellowship, from time with God, from prayer, from his word. You distance yourself and silence yourself in worship because you feel like you are not worthy. But Jesus is screaming at us this morning through this text and saying, I have already declared you righteous. You don't have to earn it. Bring all of your burdens, bring all of your baggage to me. Zacchaeus was given salvation because he simply saw the Savior, saw his sin for what it was, saw a need for a Savior. He called upon him, repented, and salvation was his. Did Zacchaeus go on to live a perfect life? No. But he was given salvation because he saw the Savior and he repented. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous given for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. You've been listening to The Truth Will Set You Free, Part 2 on Walk in Truth, a teaching by Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, in Galatians 2, 15-21. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, listen on walkintruth.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just so you know, Pastor Michael is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, and Pastor Shane is the worship leader. As things have slowly reopened, you're invited to attend either our Wednesday night service or one of our Sunday morning services. Also, if you don't live in Southern California or you'd rather watch online, we do live stream the services as well. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to walkintruth.com. Either online or in person, Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team would love it if you'd join us. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a word. Well, I wanted to share something from my heart. My uh, stepdad uh, passed away as I record this segment uh, just yesterday, so really about 24 hours. Uh, And, you know, he's been in my life many years, and and I will tell you that um, the relationship was not always the best. Um, But... He had a season of redemption where he uh, actually started coming to church and uh, opened his heart to Jesus. And he experienced, my, my prayer is that he experienced the saving grace of forgiveness found in this gospel that we're talking about. See, this gospel that we're talking about is for real people like you, like me, like my stepdad. Uh, Even if you've gone your whole life, even if up to this very moment you've pushed away the gospel of Christ, there's hope for you because Jesus Christ paid the ransom price in full at the cross. And so at any moment in your life, you know, you could be in the last days of your life, you could be in the last moments like the thief on the cross, and you can know that you can be forgiven of every sin that you've ever committed 
when you trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, let me say that it's a profound moment when you do this because it does take repentance. It does take you saying, I'm sorry for my sin, and I'm going to trust Jesus and him alone for my salvation. I'm going to turn my life over to his lordship. But you can do that right now. And and we want to make sure that you have an opportunity when you listen to this program to turn from darkness to light, to turn from the power of Satan to God, to trust your soul to the one who is the lover of your soul, Jesus Christ. And if you need help with that, we'd be happy to pray with you and rejoice with you. 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours, or you can put a prayer request on our website at walkintruth.com. Hey, I'd like to invite you to our Wednesday night service. We are live streaming that service at 7 p.m. A couple of ways that you can connect with us on Wednesday nights. You can search for the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Look for the red uh, logo with the pillars. Download that and you'll be able to get to our YouTube channel. Or just search for Living Truth Christian Fellowship and Corona on YouTube. Visit us also at walkintruth.com where you can access just about everything that you need. Walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening. This is Pastor Michael. We'll catch you tomorrow on the broadcast. One more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. All for the sole goal to equip you as a believer or help you learn more about Jesus if you're not a Christian. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three and the conclusion of Pastor Shane's teaching in Galatians chapter 2, 15 through 21, called The Truth Will Set You Free. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.